0: Thank you.
1: Is for you, Lord. Our worship is for you, Lord God. Our praise is for
2: you,
1: Hallelujah. Almighty God. Oh, as we bow down, it's all unto you, Almighty God. We're doing it for no other purpose but to give you the honor to worship and adore you, Lord. Oh, all this is for you, Jesus.
2: All this is for you, Jesus. Almighty oh, God, we love you. Oh gracious God we love, you, we love you, we love you, we love you we love you, hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah Oh blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be the name of Jesus Blessed
1: be the name of Jesus Oh my God we thank you this morning The songwriter says when you walk into the room everything changes everything I don't know about you but when the presence of the Lord just begin to wash over me, when the presence of the Lord becomes knowable unto me, oh, I am just so overwhelmed and so grateful Amen. because everything will change when Jesus is in the Amen. midst of it all. Ah,
3: Amen.
1: Glory, hallelujah. Amen. Lord, we're grateful and thankful this morning to be in your house one more time. Amen. We may be in our own home, but as I said the other night, every place we go is the house of the Lord. And whether it's in our living room this morning, whether it's in our dining room this morning, whether it's in our kitchen this morning, whether it's in our bedroom this morning, whether it's in our basement this morning, whether it's in our car this morning, Amen. it is the house of the Lord. For there is where we will worship You today. There is where we will praise You and magnify Your name. There is where we will receive the word of the Lord. And we thank you for gathering us together one more time. Oh God. Thank you. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We're grateful. God woke us up one more day, started us on our way. And here we are again. We're grateful. Welcome. Welcome to Christ Centered Church the church where Christ is our central focus. We welcome all of you and we thank you for joining us and I want to wish a great wonderful and appreciative Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day mothers. We are so grateful that God made you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. The Bible says Eve is the mother of all the living and so Eve started this whole mother's Thing. And she has birthed so many mothers and it just continued on and we thank God for creating Eve. Amen. Amen. He did a wonderful thing when he created Eve. He said it was not good that Adam should be alone. Amen. So he created Eve. Oh God. Happy Mother's Day mothers. We're so thankful for you and we give God all the praise for just all his goodness towards the mothers and how he has blessed you and used you in a wonderful way. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for joining us this morning, and we pray that your day will be a great one, a wonderful one, one one filled with blessings and graciousness of the Lord. Thank you. We love you so very much. Amen. 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 I, I, I am so glad this morning to stand before you. However, it would have been better this morning specifically to be in the facility where we normally hold our services because we like to honor our mothers and we normally do something special to honor our mothers on Mother's Day during our Mother's Day service. And so that's what we regret that we're not able to do this morning, which is to honor our mothers with some kind of token of appreciation. And this morning we're not able to, but we still give God thanks for you. And uh, hopefully when we get back together in our facility, we can set aside a special day to honor our mothers because they deserve to be honored. So we, we, we regret that we're not able to honor you in that way today, but we will set aside some time to honor you in a way that we want you to know how special you are to us in this church and in the kingdom of God. So again, happy Mother's Day, mothers. Thank you for joining and tuning in. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer this morning, and if you have a prayer request, if you just raise your hand, signal a a prayer uh, request that you have in your heart. Um, As we like to let you know, God is the only one that knows the heart. God is the only one that knows the mind, and so when you raise your hand with your prayer request in your mind, God knows, and so if you have a prayer request, I want you just to raise your hand this morning, signal to say, I have a prayer request, amen. And we're going to pray and ask God to help us this morning and help you with whatever that prayer request is. Amen. Remember to keep Sister Monroe and her family in prayer. We know that she lost her an uncle and her aunt is um, sick and in the hospital and we need to pray for her aunt. Her aunt' name is Perlene Marshall, I believe. And we want to keep her in our prayer that God will touch her body and heal her and raise her up out of that hospital and bring her home. And to her family. So keep her in prayer. Keep um, the Monroe in your prayer. And um, let's pray for each other this morning. Um, as we've been praying, uh, continue to keep in mind um, our leaders across our world and in this nation. Um, pray for them, for God's wisdom, because we are in a crucial point of this uh, life, because we know surely that life is the most important thing. Uh, but without provision, then life will not last. Mm-hmm. And so that's the struggle and the battle that we have across our world. Um, how much do we open up our states, our our, our, our territories, our land um, so um, transaction of um, um, goods and um, financial institution can profit and people's life can be profitable because they can work? How much you know do we um, give attention to that as opposed to being safe and so you need both and it's very difficult to navigate both to make sure you're providing a safe um, world and a safe environment but at the same time uh, people need provision of finances and able to continue to live and to be able to uh, you know, eat and drink and you know, s- sustain themselves and so it's a delicate situation, uh, we need both and so we don't know what is the right way to go about it. And so we need to pray for the wisdom of our leaders across this nation and, and across our world so they can receive the wisdom of God. You know, this situation made me think of Joseph when uh, Pharaoh had the dream and Joseph went and interpreted the dream. And Joseph told him what the dream was about um, seven years of um, um, famine and seven years of plenty. It actually, plenty came first and then famine. And... um and, and, and Pharaoh knew right away because God put it in his heart Pharaoh uh, wasn't a God fearing man uh, but God put it in his heart after Joseph explained the dream Pharaoh said well nobody seems to be able to navigate our navigate how we should handle our seven years of, fam- uh, uh, of plenty and seven years of famine no one seems to know how to navigate that but since God gave you the dream Joseph I'm sure he will show you how to navigate that So God put in Pharaoh's heart to let Joseph be the one to navigate them through those 14 years, seven of plenty and seven of famine, and certainly they were able to get through it. So when God intervenes and God begins to impart wisdom to his people, that's how we make it through uh, just trying times and challenging times. So what we need to pray for is the wisdom of God and not all the other stuff that we sometimes get caught up in praying about. We need to pray for the wisdom of God to be imparted to our leaders because even if they don't have the answer, God may direct them to a man of God that has the answer. <laughs> so that's why we need to pray for them. So let's stand this morning and we're going to go before the Lord in prayer and ask Him for His will to be done and uh, that He will bless our service today, bless our mothers, and help us that um, we will draw nigh unto Him. Father, we love you. We are so grateful, thankful, oh God, and appreciative that you have. Allow us one more day, one more opportunity to come before the throne, to be able, Lord God, to seek your will and to be vessels and conduits that you may work through in this world, Lord God. Father, there's never been a time where we do not need you, but Lord, it's no different today. We need you. And so we come before you this morning humbly, but boldly because we know who you are. We ask this morning, Lord God, that you will touch the Monroe family, Lord Jesus. We ask, Almighty God, that you will touch, oh God, Pearlene Marshall, Lord God. We pray for a powerful and miraculous healing to take place in her body, that by your stripe she would be made whole, she will be healed. Lord, raise her up, if you will, out of that hospital room and lead her back home to her family, Lord God, totally whole, totally healed. Lord, bless her family, allow them to turn to you, Lord God, and look to you. Almighty God, for all direction, Lord Jesus. I pray that you will bless and keep the Monroe family and the Marshall family, that the power of God, Lord, will be upon them. Rest upon them, Lord. Defend and protect them. But more than anything else, reveal yourself to them that they may come to know you. Lord, we pray for our nation and this world, Lord God, that you will impart to them our leadership of this world, Lord God, and our government of this world, Almighty God, and this nation. That you'll impart to them, Lord God, wisdom from up above. For, Lord, the wisdom of man cannot solve the problems that we have here in this earth. But we know the wisdom of God will. So we pray this morning asking, oh God, desiring, petitioning, Lord God, begging, Lord God, that you'll impart your wisdom, Lord God, to all our leaders in government across this nation, across this world, that, Lord God, the godly wisdom that get imparted to them will help us, Lord God, will provide us, Lord God, the right, O God, direction and the things that we must do, O God, in order to preserve life. Father, I'm asking you to intervene, for God, there are so many people. That are not saved. There's so many people, Lord God, that are lost. There's so many people, Lord God, that need to know who you are. Will you, O God, intervene? That life, O God, can be sustained, that life can be provided, that Lord God, lost people can be saved. that, Almighty mighty God, those, O Father, that have been backslidden, Lord God, that they will be restored back to the kingdom, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, that your power may work through your servants. And God, that the will of God may be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this earthen vessel, but also in this earth, in your church, my God, that, Lord, we will see the greatness and the power of the Almighty God, Jesus Christ. Hear us today, Lord God, as we call on your name. We want your power and your glory to be seen across this nation, all over our world. That Lord God, as you begin to prepare to return for the church of the living God, and we will be ready to receive you, Lord. as your way today, will you bless our servants, oh God, into the homes of every person. And too tuned in, Lord God, I pray that the power of the Lord will consume them right where they are. And that God, for everything they do in faith today, there will be a powerful response from heaven because of our response in faith. We give you honor and
2: praise. We love you, Jesus. We adore you and Magnify your
1: name, for you are our God, our King and our Savior. For all these things we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Somebody clap their hands and magnify the Lord with me this morning. He's a mighty God. He's an awesome God. He's a kind and living God. Have your way, Jesus. For all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank the Lord one more time again, church you're so kind and so wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for granting our requests according to your will. Amen. At this time, we're going to have um, Josiah, Brother Josiah, and Brother Scarlett to come, but I want you to remember to uh, give this morning. Amen. It's um, When do we know to take our offering, before or after? I forgot before, okay, so it's offering time now, amen. okay, alright, well we'll go with offering time, amen, you know, I, I'm consumed by God's word this morning, I gotta tell you, I'm consumed by his word this morning, and it's a, it, it's a challenge sometimes when you're consumed by his word to think, on me, let me say for me, it's a challenge to, to be consumed by God's word and think outside of his word, think outside of anything else, so Get your offering in your hand. Hey, can I tell you this? I got a call on Friday. I got a call on Friday um, from one of our um, um, sisters in the church, and she was telling me, and I love this, Pastor, you did special offering, and you wouldn't believe. I said yes I would believe I don't know why you all called me and told me I wouldn't believe I'm not saying all these things And doing all these things And praying all these things and not believing (laughs) Okay so she said You would not believe I said yes I would what's going on She said you know you did that special offering I said yes And she said guess what I said tell me She said you wouldn't believe. I had, a, I, had a, I had mail sitting on my dining room for like a few weeks, and um, I just thought it was just mail because I knew where the mail came from, and I thought it was just another piece of mail. So I've been passing all week long, months, actually almost a month that she had been passing that envelope on her uh, dining room table. And finally, after a special prayer, something said, pick it up. She picked up the envelope, looked into it, it was a check.
2: (laughs) The same week, that same
1: week, she got another check in the mail, and she just like, she said to me, "Don't we say checks in the mail (laughs) too?" Oh God, this is so funny. Oh, Sister Riega, I wish you was here this morning to take the offering because you got your testimony. You You know you're the special offering lady. Amen. Amen. And so, listen, God is good. If we would just follow and obey him, we will just experience his goodness and his blessings. And so, um, give. Remember what I tell you. I'm not telling you to give for any other reason because I know these are difficult times and everybody's trying to hold on to every nickel and every dime that they have. So I know it's a so struggle. So I'm I'm not saying this not being considerate and not being sensitive to the times that we're in. I'm saying it saying I want you to be blessed. So Amen. I tend to focus on positive and just forget about the negative. And sometimes, you know, that could really be where you're going to live by faith, brother, because I just, you know, feel like I just need to look at the, the things that are positive. And so I look at what I know the Lord will do for us when we and so even if I'm down to my last dime, it, you know, I, the statement is I can't afford not to give because yeah. he's the one that sustains us yeah. and gives everything. And so, I, I, you know, no matter how tight it gets, and believe me, it has been tight for me at times. And so I, I try to make sure I still give because I know the only way out of the tightness is by giving, so give this morning, trust the Lord, amen, you know we have different ways of giving, our cash app is giving us a little bit of issue, we'll work on it and see what happens, but you can give by the website, you can go on the website, you can give by PayPal, and there's another way, you can call Sister Patrice and um, she will get it through for you like you normally swipe your card, she can get it through for you and I told you, if it really gets bad and you need me to come by the house and pick it up I will just throw it out the door throw it out the window, I'll pick it up and I'll make sure it gets deposited in the church account Amen, so just give so you can be blessed Amen I want to give a shout out to um, (laughs) one of the sisters um, um, Tanya um, um, that um, she just started coming to our church recently and she's just been a really, really uh, great person. Love her personality. Love her spirit. And um, she stopped by here yesterday. And Tanya dropped off some face masks for us. And Tanya, I want you to know I really appreciate those face masks. Because <laughs> I've been like, kind of using my handkerchiefs, tying them around my... And they're not too bad. It's not too bad. I use my handkerchief and tie them around my face whenever I go out and put my gloves on. I go to the supermarket. But the, the face masks you just sent us. Those fit perfectly. I mean, I'm just like, whoa, this is it. (laughs) And guess what, Brother Kellerman? There's a slot in the middle that you can put coffee filters
3: in.
1: (laughs) So we have the slot in the middle. You can put the coffee filter in. And we're we're good. (laughs) Tanya, thank you so very much. Brother Kellerman, thank you for the idea of the coffee filters. (laughs) Thank God for that. I love the mask. Amen. I just need a couple more uh, colors and I'll be ready to go. So when they tell us we got to come back to work in in, in in the building down in Philadelphia, I'll be all geared up, ready to go. So thank you, sis. Appreciate you. You are a blessing. Amen. Amen. Offering your hand and we're going to pray for our offering and then we'll have the scarlet men to come. Father, we thank you, Lord, for just giving us all that you've given unto us. You have provided Lord, we have today because you have made the way, and we are not taking that for granted. For the first thing we must have in order to obtain any kind of wealth is health. And if we don't have health and strength to go and earn, then we cannot earn anything. And so we thank you this morning for health and strength, for a sound mind, and Lord God, the opportunity to go out and work and earn. We thank you for everything you have provided us We thank you for all your blessings, Lord God. And this morning we come, oh God, cheerfully. We are so grateful and thankful. Come to come and give unto you, Lord God. We give unto the work of the ministry. We give unto the building up and the edifying of the body of Christ. We give, Lord God, for the advancing of the kingdom of God. And we give in faith this morning that you will bless the givers and give back unto them and that you will multiply this offering and give us wisdom as to how to use it. To edify and advance the kingdom of God in Jesus' name, we pray. Somebody say Amen. 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 Give and God will bless you. Come on, Scarlet Ben. Appreciate amen. you. Amen. Amen. Oh, I got a surprise this morning. I got a surprise this morning. Hallelujah, man! I've been waiting
2: for this surprise for a minute.
1: The soul is what I've been waiting on. <laughs> Hallelujah.
2: Thank <laughs> you.
0: Amen.
1: They were just wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for just blessing us with people with gifts and talents. Amen. Again, ladies, mothers, happy Mother's Day. I can't say it enough today. We appreciate you and we love you. I want to give a shout out, a a happy birthday shout out to my grandmother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen. My grandmother Uh, Appreciate her Happy Mother's Day, (laughs) Grandmom Amen And a shout out to my mother Amen, Mother Happy Mother's Day, love you Amen And a shout out to my wife Happy Mother's Day, my wife Love you, happy Mother's Day Amen So we thank God for this day He's brought us a mighty long way And he's still taking us To where we need to be So we thank God for that Amen Hallelujah. It's time to get into the word of the Lord. And we thank God for his goodness and his mercy, his word. Amen. Whenever there's a holiday, I'm always challenged um, in what I should preach. And I'm praying and asking God what I should preach because here is my challenge during holiday time. The holiday is normally, you know, for instance, Mother's Day or um, Father's Day um, those two um, days are very challenging because what I don't want to do is I'm sure everyone that's tuning in this morning is not is not a mother. So everyone that is um, in church this morning is not a mother. And so if I tailor the message to be about the mother, then what about everyone else that's not a mother? And so... Um, it's always a challenge. Same thing with Father's Day. I mean, you can't tailor it just to fathers because everyone mm-hmm. is not a father. Amen. So I feel like the Lord led me to the perfect text and um, has helped me to um, understand some things that I believe He wants me to speak to you about. And it will help all of us. It will help all of us, starting with the mothers. It will help all of all of us. So um, I, I'm looking forward to the Word of the Lord this morning because I believe it's a powerful word and. If we will receive it this morning, it will transform our lives. So if you have your Bible, you have your smart device with you where the Bible is on that device, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Again, welcome to christ Center church. Amen. We're so glad you can be with us this morning to worship and praise the Lord and to allow the Word of God to impact your life, to bring about change, and to allow the Spirit of God to overshadow you to bring about the glory of the lord and so we are glad that you were are able to join us this morning thank god for every one of you amen brother Daryl parker thank god for you i like what you're doing brother Daryl, has um been teaching one of uh, our brothers in the church a virtual bible study and so he's doing his best to help others and um and, you know just impart the word of god to who he can Brother Darrell Park is a faithful, faithful man of God, and I really appreciate him. I appreciate all of you, but ever so often, there are different things that I've noticed about you all and that I will make mention of, because I want you to know that um, you all mean uh, very much to me. Uh, there's not one person in this church that doesn't mean a lot to me. Every one of you mean a lot to me, uh, first and foremost, because I know God brought you here, and you have always heard me say, every person that God brings into church it is my absolute responsibility to give my very best to you because I have no clue what God will do in your life when you first walk into this church. And so I have to treat you, I have to treat everybody with the utmost uh faith that God has brought them into this church to do something special in their life. And so I try to do everything I can to help that process along as God work in your life. Amen. Luke chapter ten, verse thirty eight. We will we will read from thirty eight to forty-two. So Luke chapter 10, we will start in verse 38. Amen. Let's read in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. You read along with me and I'll read out loud. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. A certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Question one. Bid her, therefore, that she will help me. Verse 41, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Today I want to talk to you on this topic. Choose that good part. Choose that good part. Father, will you help us this morning? Will you help me? Will you anoint me, Lord God, as your oracle, as your instrument, that you may work as you please within me. I pray, Almighty God, that the Spirit of God and the Word of God will cause me to speak as you command, Lord God. Anoint my lips of clay, Lord God. Oh, Father, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will have preeminence and that, Lord, you will touch the hearing of every one of us, that we will hear what the Spirit is saying unto us, Lord. Help us, Father, that no word will fall to the ground, but every word that is spoken this morning will go into our heart, Lord God, and just take root and begin to grow and begin to shape us and mold us and make us and produce good fruit in the name of Jesus. Help us today, Lord God, that we will be changed and healed and delivered and set free and saved and restored. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. Choose that good part. Choose that good part. It is not easy, or it's not an easy thing, to maintain the balance of our spiritual life and the cares of this earthly life. Mm -hmm. No one can be spiritually healthy who does not pray. Meditate on the word of God And commune with the Lord Jesus Christ On the other hand No man can fulfill his purpose in Christ If he's not active and diligent In being a servant in Christ David said He maketh me to lie down in green pastures There is that contemplative part He leadeth me besides the still waters. There is that active and progressive part. The difficulty is to maintain the two and to keep each in its relative proportion to other. We must not be so active as to neglect communion with God. Nor so contemplative that we become inactive and unpractical. That spiritual balance is necessary and we must find the balance between being active and being communitive with God. Being in the place of meditation on his word. We have to look at the balance with that. We cannot allow uh, one to outweigh the other meaning if we just meditate on him if we just meditate on his word and we never do anything that's unproductive but if we keep doing and doing and doing and we never meditate and commune with him that's also unproductive so there must be a balance in how we will live our life spiritually and actively somebody say amen amen Our introduction to Mary and Martha is key for us to understand their choice or their motive in Christ. Yes? We will find and notice that Martha definitely received Jesus into her house. There's so much in this, this short portion of scriptures that is so powerful. If you will just look and see these things with me this morning. Martha we can see invited Jesus in her house but understand this understand this Jesus's relationship with Martha began on the outside come on amen mm. Jesus's relationship with Martha began on the outside it didn't begin in the house it began on the outside of the house that's that's very important to pay attention to because Jesus had to offer to come into her house for the scripture says she received him into her house. He came into Martha's house. Make a great point of that. It was Martha's house. I'm sure it was Mary's house as well. But understand this. Mary nor Martha had qualifications for why Jesus came to their house. Amen. Aren't you glad you don't have to have some sort of qualification? to receive a visitation from the Lord aren't you glad that you didn't have to be just perfect and be just right for Jesus to come by and visit you aren't you glad there's not some stipulations made to say the only way Jesus can ever visit is when you are this or when you have done that aren't you glad that Jesus never made any stipulations for why he will come and visit you aren't you glad oh God I can think about what He has found some of us. That we were in our worst state when Jesus came and visited us. He didn't allow us to stand in that state that we were in. Because we were so dirty. Because we were so bad. Because we were so ungodly and unrighteous. No, He came anyway. Without us being unrighteous. with us being ungodly. Without us having any qualifications. He came and He visited us. Just like He did. Martha and Mary. We serve such a good God. We don't even understand how good our God is. But sometimes when we hear scriptures and the word of God like this, we get refreshed. We get reminded that God is such a good God. We should be surprised to discover That the word of God, the word of God that Jesus, the the, the word shows us that Jesus will never refuse anyone that receives him. Jesus will never refuse anyone who receives him. And so if Jesus is not in our life, it's because we did not receive him. He didn't he didn't come into our life and 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 we we if we invite him, he says, No, I'm good. No, if we receive him, he will come into our life. But we must receive him because God is a gentleman, and he's not gonna force his way into your life. He's not gonna push his way into your life. He is gonna be a gentleman. So when he is invited, or when he comes because he wanted to you must understand that you have to be the one to invite him into your life, to receive him into your life because he will not just push his way through somebody say amen Amen. somebody say God because he's such a gentleman he's such a good God he's not going to force his way in but he will ask will you receive me in glory to God, hallelujah listen If we receive Jesus Christ, he will not refuse us. If Jesus is not in our life, it's because we refused him. There is nothing that will prevent him from coming to visit us. Nothing. It's one thing to ask Jesus into your life. I'm building something here. It's one thing to ask Jesus into your life. It's another thing to receive him into your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going somewhere. You don't have to be holy and righteous for the holy and righteous one to come into your life. However he will clean you up and make you holy and righteous like he is if you allow him to Amen. church hear me this morning you don't have to have special qualifications for God to come into your life you don't have to have any kind of quota or anything that you need to do for God to come into your life but trust me if you receive him into your life he's going to clean you up he's not going to leave you the way you are and so there's no way God will ever come into your life and if you you receive Him and Him not work in your life. Hear me somebody, God will not leave you in the state where He found you. If we were so right, that we wouldn't need God in our life. But because we know we have issues, because we know we got some things that need to change in our life when He comes, He comes to clean up our life. But we have to allow Him to clean it up. We have to give Him access to clean it up. We have to give Him the right to clean it up. Give Him the opportunity to clean it up and not refuse what he's telling us to do Martha received him into her house it was not Jesus' house it was Martha's house Mary as well but it wasn't Jesus' house you gotta gotta make sure you understand that point Martha was the owner of the house and if she's the owner of the house It means she is in charge of what will or will not happen in her house. Hmm. I'm sure that Martha took charge of her house. And she wouldn't allow anything to go on in her house without her permission. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Since it was her house. Jesus and his disciples. I don't know if you called it when I was reading this, the text earlier. It says, and they. So Jesus had company with them. Jesus and his disciples were guests in Martha's house. Right? And guests are only permitted to do or allowed to do what the owner of the house say they can do. Somebody can't come to my house and just go to my bathroom. Somebody can't just come to my house and go to my refrigerator and get some heat. Amen. Somebody can't just come to my house and just be walking around and doing what they want, take their shoes off and chill out unless they check with me. Amen. Including you, Sister Riego. <laughs> you can't just come to somebody's house and do whatever you want. You have to ask permission from whatever you need to do in somebody else's house. Amen. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. As owner of the house, Martha was busy being a great host or hostess, if you will. She was comforted about much serving, trying her best to entertain her guests. The text does not say she was comforted about being a servant, but she was comforted about much serving. There is a difference between a server and a servant. That's right.
3: That's right. Come
1: on. Come on. Come on. I was a servant before. In the restaurant business, as a waiter, we call each other. Servers, You all might say waiter and waitresses, but we call each other server. Yeah, I don't know who's, who's, uh, which server is on tonight. I don't know what server is on next week. So we call each other server. Why? Because we're serving people their food for we'll profit. We're serving people because there's a motive. So a server is different from a servant. Mm-hmm. But before I get into server and servants, Let me tell you about that word, cumbered. It says she was cumbered about, much serving. That word cumbered means to be distracted with cares. Preoccupied with cares. Listen to this one. To be drawn in different ways at the same time in your mind. Now that's the one right there. Uh because that's the one most of us will experience is to have a whole lot of thoughts in our mind and it's going in so many different directions. You're you're coming about with much thoughts. You're coming about with much things in your mind and when you have all that stuff going, you can't be effective in nothing because you can't concentrate and you can't focus. And so she was coming about much serving. She was distracted. She was being pulled in different ways trying to entertain her guests. Uh-huh. Amen. So let's go back to server versus servant. It is a servant's duty to serve. hmm. And to serve without complaint. Mm-hmm. If you call yourself a servant of God, you serve without complaint. Mm-hmm. Let's look a little further. If you are a servant. You will expect neither praise for doing your duty nor relief from your duty. So, if you are a servant, you're not looking for praise and you're not looking for relief from your duty if you are a servant of God. Somebody hear me this morning. If you are serving God, you don't worry about what anybody else is doing. If you are serving God, you don't concern yourself with someone is serving or they're not serving. You serve God. Amen. I remember many years, you've heard me probably talk about this from time to time, many years as the outreach director, outreach leader of our um, previous church. We used to have there were times where we would have 40 people that would come together pray and we would go out and pass out tracks and talk to people out in the street, 40. I remember when my good friend Brian Norman come one year and we were gonna pass out 10,000 tracks. And Brian Norman, this is when him and I became good friends. So Brian Norman told me, hey, hey, he didn't know me that time, hey brother, um, we're gonna go out and canvas and we're gonna pass out tracks. Um, you know, I wanna pass out 10,000 tracks. So he thought that shook me probably. 10,000 tracks. it was no big deal. I already kinda knew about all of that stuff, right? So I went and got 10,000 tracks made. So he called me back because he would call all the time. So he called me again, hey, brother, did you get those 10,000 tracks? I said, did you have have 10,000 tracks? He said, yes. I said, yeah, I have them, you know, because I understand where he's coming from. Most people that he communicate with, they're like, what in the world is this guy doing? But I already was fully aware of how those things work. So he says, do you have 10,000? I said, I have 10,000 tracks. He said, well, it's going to probably take us about three or four hours, you know, to pass them out because, you know, 10,000 tracks are not easy to pass. I said, I understand. He says, uh, did you get some people to get involved? I said, yeah, we got a few people to get involved. When he finally flew out from St. Louis and came to our church, and that Saturday morning we're getting ready to pray and set the groups up and getting ready to hit the streets and go out, we had about 105 people ready to pass our tracks. Oh 10,000 tracks, about 105 people. Blue his mind. We were done in one hour. Wow. That's 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 how Brian Norman and I became good friends because he realized, oh, okay, you know something, you know what's going on, and so that was that that was something. But I tell you that story to tell you. But there were days, days when I would show up, and it'd be me and two other people. There were days when I showed up, and it was just me and another person. I never complained and said, man, I remember when we had 105. Man, I remember when we had 60 or 40 or 30. I never complained about that because I'm doing it for Jesus. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. And so when I serve him, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. I'm just doing what he called me to do. And church, I'm here to tell you this morning, if you are a servant of God, if you see yourself as a servant, you serve. you don't complain. Even though you know people are supposed to be helping you and working side by side with you, don't you complain. Just do what you're supposed to do because God will honor you for what you do and he will deal with those that's supposed to do that don't do. Somebody clap their hands unto the Lord and says I'm a servant. Glory, hallelujah. My Lord. Uh huh. If you are a server on the other hand you may you too may often have many such expectations. Those expectations will make you or will make your serving a burdensome thing. Mm -hmm. So when you are a server, it can be burdensome. How can you say that, preacher? Because when I was a waiter, when we got busy, I was making money, but it was a burden. Mm -hmm. So as a server, it could be burdensome and cause you to grumble and complain about the labor you must perform. Trust me, I understand the difference between a server and a servant. Because I remember when we would get busy and they would come to me and say, Wayne, can you take another table? Can you take another table? Even though I'm making money, you know, what's one of the things I said, well, why can't somebody else take a table? I'm busy, can't you see? And if the, if the kitchen don't give me my food, when I said it's time to pick up for table 11 and they, the food not ready, I look, I said, what's the problem? I need my food. And so it's a burden to be a server, even though you're getting money for doing it. It's a burden. You complain as a server. Yeah. But as a servant of God, here is no complaint. As a servant of God, you don't have a right. As a servant of God, you just do it and you don't worry about nobody else. It's a difference Amen. in being a servant of God than a server. Amen. Martha was a server. Amen. It seemed no one else was lifting a finger to help Martha. To ensure that her little party would be a success and that her special guests would be comfortable and impressed. Mm. That word impress is important. The responsibility for the success of that little party, that gathering, was all on Martha as far as she was concerned. She was the hostess, it was her house. Mhm. She was responsible to take care of all the needs in her house. It was a difficult yoke and a heavy burden which she placed upon herself. Yes. She decided to receive him into her house. She decided all the things she was running around to do that she would do. She placed that burden She placed that yoke upon herself. Nobody placed that upon her. And that's one of the things that we have to make sure we don't do as children of God. Is take up our own yoke. And take up our own burdens. And and begin to do things. Because it will wear us out. It will cause us to complain. It will cause us to say, why aren't other people doing it? It will cause us to want reward for doing what we're doing. Because we're not servants. We're servers. Somebody say help me Jesus help me Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. do not doubt that Martha wanted to please Jesus and her other guests I'm not trying to bash Martha today she wanted to please Jesus and the other disciples I don't want to ridicule her service her being a server was the problem mm-hmm. because she gave service she wanted to please her guests. And that's all good. Serving the Lord is not designed to be cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Serving the Lord is not designed to be cumbersome. I did you say that, preacher? Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus himself says, I will give you rest if you come unto me. Take my yoke upon you. Whose yoke? Whose yoke? Whose yoke? He says, take my yoke. So you can't fix up a yoke for yourself. You can't fix up a burden for yourself. You have to take on his yoke. And look at what it says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your soul for my yoke is easy and my burden is light So Jesus is telling you, whatever yoke you take on, whatever burden you take on, it needs to come from him, not from yourself or not from other people. You only take on the yoke and the burden of Jesus Christ because it's easy and it's light and you will be able to rest and you will be able to do what you need to do. But if you take on your burdens, if you take on your yoke, if you take on somebody else's burden,
2: if you take on somebody else's yoke, it's going to be you. It's going to do things
1: for you you would not even imagine. Hear me now somebody. I'm talking to somebody. Leave other people's stuff alone. Don't worry about other people's stuff because it's theirs. It's not yours. You look to Jesus and say Jesus give me your burdens. Look to Jesus and say Jesus yoke me up with you because that's how I will receive rest. That's how I will fulfill my purpose. That's how I will continue to go on and be successful is when I take up your burden and your yoke. That's the only way I can make it. And that's what I want to do. I'm not going to worry about somebody else's yoke. I'm not going to worry about somebody else's burden because it's not for me. And it's not from Jesus. My Amen. What's from Jesus is for me. This text tells us to come unto him. Not bid him to come unto us. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, how it normally go, in case you don't know, Jesus will come visit you. But then you gotta go on to him. Mm -hmm. If we're servants and serve how the Lord Jesus directs us to serve, his yoke will be easy and the weight of his burden will be light. You must come unto him. You must seek him out. You must take his yoke upon you. You must make him your Lord. He will not force it upon you. He is meek and lowly in heart. Only by doing this will you ever find rest for your soul. Martha found herself unstable to do it all. Or unable I should say to do it all. She recognized that she was unable to bear the whole responsibility of being a hostess to Jesus Christ. Come on. This is why he says we're a body. Martha was operating like she got it. I got this. Yeah, because you got it. When you find out what Jesus wants you to do and you function in your portion of how the body works, you won't worry about the other parts.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen. Because
1: that's his responsibility. Amen. As pastors, We can't worry about the church the way how some of us uh, sometimes worry about it. Because whose church is it? Not ours and so when the church, when things are not going the way we expect them to go in the church first of all, how we know it's not supposed to go the way it's going, it's not our church we are not all knowing, so when it's not going the way it's supposed to go that's according to our understanding that still doesn't mean it's not going right all we can ever do is go to the one who is the head of the church and say oh God I see this and I see this I don't know if that's the way it's supposed to go but will you inform me, will you open my eyes to see, will you give me direction and understanding. So I will be right with you and I will be one with you and I will do what I'm supposed to do. How can I encourage and how can I preach and teach to your people if I don't understand what I need to do, Lord? So God, while I might not understand what's going on, while I might think something is wrong, I'm not going to lead to my own understanding but I'm going to come to you and acknowledge you and say, Lord, show me which way to take. Lord, show me what I need to do. Lord, show me how to help your people and let them know what you're asking them to do. It's his church. He is the head. We're the body. And I'm a part of the body just like you are a part of the body. So I don't know sometimes, but I will sure go to him and ask him, what is this that's God. going on, Lord? What is it that we need to do, oh God? My Lord. My Lord. My God. That's the way we're supposed to approach this thing. 'Cause none of us don't really know. Right. We don't know. We, we we're not all knowing. Only God Almighty is all knowing. And so we need to go to Him. Martha. Martha. Martha found herself too busy being a server. We must be careful that we don't allow ourselves To think the more we do, the better off we are in Christ. The busier we are, the better off we are in Christ. Because we're going to learn something from Martha and Mary. Mary had apparently discovered all that was going on with Martha. While Martha was busy being hostess, Mary found her place at his feet. As a guest in her house. Mm. While Martha was busy running around, losing her mind, her sister Mary sculpted all out and says, That's not for me. And she went to the feet of Jesus and made herself a guest in her own house. Because anytime you get lowered than a person, it means they have authority over you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Anytime you decide to go low, then guess what? They have authority over you. And so by Mary just positioning herself at his feet, we know a whole lot went on right there. We'll talk about that in a second. We know a whole lot went on. But understand this, once she got down to his feet, what she said without even saying it is, I am under your authority now I am low and you are high you just rule and reign over my life and tell me what to do today Jesus is on the throne what they say he sits high and look down low if you understand your position that you are low and he is high I'm telling you somebody here this morning you will be exalted when that time comes because the one that can exalt you he sits on high the one that can exalt you, he sits on the throne and if we will just recognize that we're beneath him, we're below him, but when he gets good and ready, he will raise us up to sit with him in oh, somebody help me, Heaven oh, on. one yeah. day will be our home and the one who's already in heaven is waiting to bring us up there with him, and so while we're low right now, it's not where we will remain, but we've got to go low
2: in order to go high, we got to go low if we want to get raised
1: up. Hallelujah. Oh, what an awesome God we serve. When when, when Almighty God became a man, Jesus Christ, what the Bible says, made himself no reputation. He became a servant. Servant low. Because why? He knew he wouldn't stay low. Because when you complete the mission, when you fulfill your purpose, (laughs) He lifts you from low and puts you in a place that you are next to him. Amen. Mm -hmm. Let him take care of the necessities is how Mary saw it. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You sit at his feet and hear his word. Now, it's talking about us. We need to sit at his feet and hear his word and obey it. This is what we really need to do. His word will tell us what to do to be saved. His word will tell us and help us to learn of him. Learn all we can about him. And learn all we can of what he is trying to teach us and learn about who he really is if we go and sit at his feet we will learn things about our creator about our master about our savior that we wouldn't know otherwise if we understand our position of being low and we will stay there and let the Lord minister to us we will see a transformation in our life
0: Amen.
1: he knows what we need. He will tell us what to do to be saved from our troubles. If we obey His Lordship and make Him the Lord of our life and host of our life, we will see significant change. We will see significant transformation in our life if we allow Jesus to be Lord and host in our house. Amen. Amen. Martha took the position of ownership in her house when Jesus came in. And Mary flipped it on him. And Mary says, no, 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 no. You are now in charge when you come to this house. Ah! I am sure Mary may have recalled this. See, here is, remember I try to tell you, church, learn, a, a, learn who Jesus is. Try to know who he is. Because sometimes you're gonna read this King James version of the Bible and says, What did that mean? But when you know who he is, trust me, the Holy Ghost will help you understand what it's saying to you because you're always coming from a standpoint of the knowledge that you have of who he is. You understand what his principles are all about. So here is Mary. Mary had to figure. This is me now. Mary had to figure. You remember he fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes? You remember he did that? You remember at that wedding, that big wedding where governors and people were there and they ran out of wine and his mom told him to take charge and fill up all those things and they got better wine than what they started? You remember that? I'm sure those things had to come to Mary's mind. So she said, I know this is my house. And I know usually when people come to my house, I'm supposed to prepare them a meal and all of this stuff. But no, no, no. I know who it is that has come to my house today. And this cat is different than anybody else. This man is God Almighty. And I'm not going to let God Almighty come to my house who is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present. I'm not going to have God Almighty come to my house. And miss the opportunity to have him impact my life by serving and running around, trying to get everything right. When I know all he gotta do is speak the word and things begin to happen. I'm not gonna let God Almighty come to my house and I think I'm still in charge because it's my house. Everything belongs to him anyway. And so when God comes to my house, I gotta let him take charge. I'm no longer in charge when God comes to my house. You should never be in charge when God shows yeah. up at your house you gotta be smart like and know what he can do yeah. and when you know what he can do you realize what you do is insignificant
0: glory to God, hallelujah Amen.
1: when God shows up at your house I know it's your house I know you're paying the mortgage, I know the deeds say your name on it but don't you make that mistake and still be in charge when he shows up at your house. No, no, no. Don't you make that mistake. Mary, she had made him her host, her Lord, in her house. Listen, people. (laughs) I love this. People will know Jesus Christ is your Lord. You will not have to tell them If he's really your Lord I don't have to go around telling people Who I am and who I live for And who I believe I don't have to go around and tell them that If he's really Lord of my life People will know If he's really Lord of your life People will know And so we don't have to go around telling people Who is my Lord and my Savior I don't have to do it Especially in these days where everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. If Jesus is your Lord, you're doing what Jesus says. Not what you feel. Not what you think. But you're doing what he commands you.
0: <laughs>
1: Hallelujah. Notice Martha did not go to her sister to complain. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Martha did not go to her sister to complain. She went to her sister's Lord. Oh, even though Martha was all consumed with, 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 with all kind of stuff, she, she sculpted out the way, and well, listen, don't like I'm going to get her to respond. I'm not going to fight with her uh, in front of company. So let me just go to the Lord that she's submitted her life to. And so she went to the Lord, and she said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? That's what a servant does. I told you. Don't, don't you care that she left me to serve by myself? Well, you bid her, therefore, that she will help me. What did I say about that? If you are a servant, you're not looking for help. Because if God calls you to do something, and you're doing what God called you to do, you will be quite content doing what God called you to do here's another lesson that you need to realize about that. And I'm I'm close. I'm close to getting there. Here's another lesson that you need to understand about that. Stop praying to Jesus telling him what to make other people do. Amen. Stop praying to Jesus to tell him what to make other people do. Because understand this. He knows what's best for his people. You could never know more than what he knows Amen. about his people. So why do we go to Jesus and tell him, will you tell this one that? Will you tell that one that? Why do we go there when Jesus knows what's best for his people? The only time we go to Jesus and ask him, use keyword, ask him to do and to not do is when you're praying according to the scriptures. Like, for instance, the scripture says, it's his will that all be saved and that none perish. And so I can go to him and say, Lord, my children are not saved. And I know you are fully aware of that. But I'm still just asking, will you help them to be saved? Will you move in their life that they will be saved? And, 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 Lord, here I am. I'm giving myself to you that if you need to work in me or through me in some way to help my children get saved, I'm all for it, Lord. I just want my children saved. Amen. When I go and ask that, I know I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Why? Because that's what he wants to begin. If my children are not holy, I'm going, Lord, I want my children to be holy just like you want them to be holy. Lord, what can I do? To help them understand how to be holy. And Lord, will you, will you, will you do something to help them to get holy? I know you're working, Lord. It's just my passion speaking right now, Lord. I want to communicate with the Lord. It's just my passion speaking that I want to see my children be holy. That I want to see my children be righteous, Lord. It's just my passion. I know you want the same thing, but at least we're on the same plane because what he wants is what I'm asking him about. You see what I'm saying? But 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 when we go to people, go go to Jesus trying to get him to uh, do something for people, we're all off base. Off off base, because you don't even know when people when Jesus is working in people's life. A lot of times we pray and say, Jesus, will you save my spouse and all of this stuff, and Jesus is working, and you see your spouse acting crazy, and you're saying, Oh my Lord, and you start fighting with your spouse because he's acting crazy or she acting crazy. And you forgot that you had prayed and say, Jesus, will you save my spouse? And because you and Jesus are in agreement that your spouse needs saving, Jesus is working on saving your spouse. You don't know what it looks like as he's working in your right. spouse's life yeah. to save them. And it could be he got to go crazy or she got to go crazy for a minute. What you need to go back and say is, all right, Lord, I know I prayed it. I'm not sure how you're working this. Show me what to do with all of this that you're doing. That's all. That's all. Because, because you already prayed for them to get saved so they might start snapping and, but that might be the process mm. and so now you got to go back to the Lord and say okay Lord this looks a little scary here but I already prayed and asked you to save them so apparently you're working so show me how I handle this situation while you're working mm. Amen. you know what's funny and I've told you this a long time ago and we'll always say it Martha went to Jesus and complained to Jesus about her sister did Jesus say anything to Mary? No, sir. No. So that's another reason why you don't go complaining to him. Because the Lord is so, I don't know what you want to call him with that, but every time we go to him to complain about somebody else, he tells us about us. If you know Jesus If you have a relationship with Jesus You will come to understand That every time you go to him To complain to him About somebody else He tells you about you So if you know anything about Jesus You wouldn't even go to him and complain to him About anybody Because when you go to complain He's going to turn to you and start telling you something Because here's the truth If you're complaining You might not be what you need to be you got to understand who Jesus is. And that's why it's important that we study him and get to learn who he is, his principles, how he does things, because he never changes. And if we come to understand him, we will do things a whole lot different and a whole lot more efficient. Mm-hmm. 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 Jesus will never be content being a guest in your house. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Jesus will never be content being a guest in your life. Amen. He is the King of kings Amen. and the Lord of lords. He must be Lord in your house and Lord in your life. Amen. As a matter of fact, He wants to be Lord in your house. And Lord in your life But only you Can make that decision Of him being Lord in your house And Lord in your life Somebody say amen Amen. As long as Jesus Is a guest in your life Your end will Always be failure Mm -hmm. Don't be quiet But if he's Lord And host in your life Your end has to be success. And, blessedness. Right. and so I wind down today in verse 42. It says in the text in verse 42, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. Without it, nothing you can do. No efforts you expend. No amount of receiving him into your house can bring you Salvation. I want you to listen to me carefully as I'm wrapping up here. The presence of the Lord is in your house right now. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are in your house, the presence of the Lord is there right now. Amen. But if you do not receive Him into your life, nothing will happen to your life. Um, so. He's always present. Because he's present everywhere at once. That's why he is omnipresent. So he's always present. And so he's present right now where you're sitting. Right now where you are, Jesus is present right there. But if you do nothing to invite him into your house, into your heart, into your mind, if you do nothing to receive him, then nothing changes in your life. Amen. Only that one thing will result in rest for your soul. Only that one thing is needful, and Mary chosen that good part. Listen to me, that is the good part. The first best experience the, 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 the very best experience in life is making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. The only way to get this good part is to choose it. It will not be forced on you. You have to choose it because you have free will. So as present as Jesus Christ is in your house right now, as present as Jesus Christ is wherever you are right now, if you don't choose to allow Him to come into your life, if you don't receive Him into your life, there will be no change in your life. Somebody say amen. If we want change in our life, we have to receive Him. We can't just have him hanging out in the house as a guest there will be no change if he's just hanging out in our house as a guest but if we receive him and we become lower than he is and make him Lord and host that's how change takes place you can choose him as a guest in your life or you can choose that good part and make him Lord in your life the choice is yours The choice is yours. And so if you want to see change in your life, you have to receive him. Preacher, how do you receive him? By obeying his word. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about how powerful his word is. We have to receive his word. So if we want to receive him, it means whatever you hear me talking about today, whatever you've heard me preach about in the last few weeks, you need to take it and you need to just eat it. You need to take it and digest it. You need to take it and let it become a part of your life by becoming a doer of that word. That's how you receive him. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So yeah. if God and his word is synonymous, when you receive his word, you receive him. So how you receive him? By taking his word into your heart and obeying it and doing it. That's how we receive him. So if God is telling you today, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. If you do nothing about it, it means he's just present in your life. He's a guest in your life. But if you receive it, if you receive him, then you will give your life to Christ today and be baptized in his name and be filled with his Spirit. You want to know how to receive him? Obey his word. When you obey his word, you receive him. when you obey His word, He becomes part of your life. When you obey His word, you make Him Lord
2: of your life. Somebody clap their
1: hands onto the Lord. Amen. Oh, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. The choice is yours. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. This is a thought the Lord dropped on me as I'm looking through the Scripture and studying. If you put your crown, I love this statement. If you put your crown on his head, no one can steal it. Woo! Amen. But if you want to walk around with your crown because you're like, man, God saved me and look oh. at me now. Oh, man, God is in my life. Look at me now. If you want to walk around with your crown, you're going to lose your crown. Amen. But if you take your crown off your head and put it on his head, nobody can steal it from him. And hear me what I'm telling you. You will receive that crown when you get to heaven. So while we here on earth, put the crown on him. Crown him as your king. Crown him as your lord. Crown him as your God. And when you put that crown on him, you secure your eternal life. Because when we get to heaven, he will put a crown on us uh, yeah, when he says well yeah, done, yeah. thou good and faithful servant. Yeah, but yeah. if you want to be cool and you want people to notice you uh, and you walk around with your crown say look at me, uh, Jesus is in my life, uh, he's my Lord and Savior. You can say all you want but if you're wearing the crown, he is not Lord of your life. Yeah. But when he wears your crown, uh, he is Lord and Savior and Master and Ruler Amen. in your life. Crown him somebody. Amen.
0: Yeah. Hallelujah.
1: My My Lord. help me Jesus help me Jesus Jesus listen to me because I'm bringing this thing to an end Jesus may be the highest and the most honored guest of all your whole life or your feast may be dedicated to serving him to pleasing him To honoring him. And you may be well pleased to point out the fact that he is your life at your feast and that you would not even be having a feast if it weren't for him. That you live only to honor him. You can say all that and do all that, but that's still not enough. Mm
0: -hmm. This is
1: why we hear people. I'm giving you some lessons here. This is why we hear people, whether they're on TV or wherever we hear them, oh, I thank God because he's my Lord and Savior. And I'll... We can say all those words. But when you look at their life, it tells you if he's Lord of their life. When you look at Mary's life, her position tells you, oh, yeah, it's clear that he's Lord over her life. As a matter of fact, it's so clear that The sister went to Jesus and not go to her sister. And you know, brother, you know, sister, they fight. Girl, you better get up and go do something. I don't know why you're sitting there and you can see me running around. Her sister could have said that. Mm -hmm, Her sister went to the Lord because he was Mary's Lord and talked to him. So people know when he's your Lord. And so we can say whatever we want, we can address it however pretty we want to address it about God and his position in your life. But until he becomes Lord, and Lord means ruler, Lord means ruler. And so oftentimes, we don't like certain words because it's not a good part of our uh, vocabulary. Certain words just don't sound good. Certain words make you think of the worst. And so servant make us think of the worst. Lord make us think of the worst. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus made himself a servant. Jesus submitted to God. And I want you to know until we understand that if he's not our Lord, our ruler, he reigns over us, he lords over us. If we don't understand, he's Lord over us and ruler over us and we are totally at, at peace with that and allow him to be Lord and ruler over If that's not the case, it doesn't matter what you label him. It's not good enough to change your life. Okay. Being a servant gets tiring. It will end in failure. Jesus must be made the host. The true power of Christianity is not just receiving God, but it's making him Lord over your life. So we must receive him, but then we must make him Lord. So you go back to what we first read. Martha met him on the outside. Uh Uh-huh. He offered to come inside and she invited him. She received him. She opened the door. Come on in. She received him, but while he was there, she was busy doing stuff for him and never got herself involved with him. We like to show off our skills. Oh girl, I can cook. Jesus coming over i'm gonna cook some good stuff for him girl he gonna be i'm gonna blow his mind what i'm gonna cook you 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 were't smart enough to realize the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in your house, and you need to take full advantage of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in your house. listen his attention is required where he has been made responsible Wow! think about that his attention is required where he has been made responsible Amen. what does that mean preacher it means if he comes into my house and i said i'm sitting at your feet and you're going to be my lord you're going to be the host of this house i'm no longer in control he has to now look around. he got to be the one to say, okay, okay, let me see what I want. He becomes that, and I don't have to do that. Right. So wherever his attention is required, where he's made responsible. So when you make him responsible for your life, I'm responsible for my children's life. You know what that means? I tell them what to do, how to do, and when to do it. Yeah, sometimes they don't like it. Doesn't matter. I'm responsible for their life. and so I tell them what to do when to do it, how to do it and they have to do it because I'm responsible for them but guess what I'm always looking at their life I'm always seeing oh he needs a haircut oh she needs some new shoes oh I need to put some clothes on oh they're hungry I gotta be responsible for that I gotta keep on paying attention what they need oh I gotta make sure they have this I gotta make sure they have that it is my responsibility to pay attention to them because I'm responsible for them you see that church if Jesus is responsible for you for your life, that's you making him Lord of your life, then he has to pay attention and you don't have to worry about a whole lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Listen, the purpose of God, you've heard me say this before and I will not stop saying because it's the truth. The purpose of God will always be accompanied by the power of God. And so when God is Lord in your life, whatever assignment he has you on, whatever way he's leading you, he has equipped you. And if you do not equip, he is out front making sure everything works perfectly for you because he is in charge. He is responsible. But when you're in charge, you are responsible. I close with this text. John chapter 12, verse number one. The word of God says in verse number one, you got to love this. Watch this. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was which had been dead, mm-hmm. whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served. Mm-hmm. You notice this? This is this is just, just later on, later on, after that first encounter. Here we go again. Lazarus been raised from the dead. There have been supper now, Lazarus sitting at the table with Jesus chilling but here we go, Martha is serving again but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. We fast forward and look at what we see. Mary's still serving. She didn't learn anything from her sister. She's still serving. But look at Martha. She then took it up another level. It says that she anointed his feet with spikenard. Costly. Costly ointment. this is interesting you don't see that interesting the very first time Mary sat in his feet when they met him very first time because she knew his reputation sat in his feet and all the stuff that impacted her now here she go again let's read on some more verse 4 then said one of the disciples Judas Iscariot Simon's son which should betray him why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor this he said not that he cared for the poor but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein we say a whole lot of things but sometimes our motives is not right then said Jesus let her alone they always talk about people but Jesus never talked about people with them (laughs) right so Judas says, Why didn't she sell this precious ointment because it, it was worth a lot of money and put in the, and gave as an offering, right? That's what he was saying. And again, instead of Jesus saying to Martha something, he just talked to Judas, let her alone you he, thief, he didn't say that. Let her alone. Against the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. So listen to me, church. Mary demonstrated worship that Jesus memorialized her as an example of a loving devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. So when she sat at his feet, she impressed him. Mm -hmm. When she sat at his feet, it said something about her. And so when she sat at his feet, his ministry of ministering to her at his feet must have impacted her so much that she started saving up. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you missed that part. That's why I kept on referring to costly ointment. He impacted her life so much that she started saving up lots of money so she can buy that precious ointment and store it up for a a time where she knew would be best to anoint her savior, her Lord. She saved up her money. She kept it all. And when the time it came, when she knew it was getting close to time for him to die and be buried, here she come with that alabaster box Full of ointment that she spent all her money on, that she didn't care she went broke and had nothing. She spent all of her money on getting this precious ointment. Also, to some people, she can waste it on her Lord. Mm. When He, your Lord, you will drop your hand on Him. When He, your Lord, you will give everything you got to Him. When He, your Lord, there is nothing too expensive. There's nothing too valuable that you don't bring to him when he is your Lord. Oh, somebody hear me today. When he is your Lord, you see it differently than when he is just a guest in your house. And so, when we truly, as a matter of fact, I would go as far as to tell you, Mary taught us what worship was. Mm-hmm. Mary told us what worship was. Because here is worship. Remember I told you what worship is. Worship is, listen to me carefully, worship. What is he worth to you? Amen. What is he worth to you? And when he is everything to you, you you give your life to him and everything that's in your life. And so what Mary did when she sat at his feet, what Mary did when she broke that alabaster box, what she really did was saying, All my life and all that I have, I give to you. And if you want to know what true worship is, it's total surrenderance giving yourself yes. to Almighty God, it is total surrenderance and making Him Lord of your life. That's worship because you get yourself lost in saying, God... I don't care about anything else. All I care about is being at your feet. All I care about is worshiping you. All I care about is that you are Lord of my life. And I withhold nothing from you. I give everything to you. I give my life to you. I give all of what I have. All of what I own. I give it to you. Because I worship you. When we worship the Lord. We give everything to Him. We don't hold back. Anything, And the most valuable thing you can first give is your life, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, yeah. all your strength. And when you give all of that to Him, then your money is no big deal because your soul is worth more in yeah. this entire world yeah. and all the gold in the world. Your soul is worth more than your house. It's worth more than everything.
2: Your soul is the most precious thing yeah. you own. And when you humble yourself and sit at his feet, you give your soul to him.
1: You can't give anything more than your soul. Everything else you give has to be less than your soul. And Mary gave everything she could. My Lord. That's worship, Church. When you hold nothing back from Jesus and you give everything, that's your worship. Mm -hmm. That's your worship when you hold nothing back from him. Her soul was so intensely impacted when she sat at his feet that worship just gushed out. Adoration was automatic. Who he was overwhelmed her. She could not get him off of her mind to the point where she was preparing for his burial. She spent a great amount of money to store a precious ointment to use for his burial because he was her Lord. She did not withhold anything from him. When you make him Lord in your life, Lord of your life, you will not withhold anything from him. When you sit at his feet and receive him that no one else can take whatever he put into you when you are at his feet he he somehow just puts something in you he imparts something to you when you sit at his feet that it just transforms your life it makes you just keep going and giving everything to him when you sit at his feet your life will never be the same again but hear me today church Jesus can only be your Lord if you choose to make Him your Lord. You have the power to choose that good part. And the good part is to sit at His feet and make Him Lord over your life. And that's the good part. But we must decide to choose if that's what we want or we want something else. I understand this. And if He's not Lord of my life, I will not make it. I will not be successful if he's not Lord of my life and so church I tell you today you have to make the choice to not just have Jesus hang out at your house, to not just have Jesus watch TV with people, but you have to make Jesus ruler, Lord and have him reign over your life have him command your life in what you must do where you must go, how you must act, you gotta let him command your life if you plan uh, to have a successful ending, uh, a blessed ending of yes, your life, he must God. be Lord. Jesus,
0: have your way, Lord. You can
1: choose today what he will be in your life. Amen. Do you want him to just hang out over your house? And you want to go tell friends and family, Jesus is at my house. Mm-hmm. You can have him hang out and go brag and tell everybody he's at your house. Amen. But remember what I told you, he's a gentleman. And he will hang out and just sit on the couch if that's what you want him to do. He's not going to jump on your couch. He's not going to do anything in your house while he is a guest there. He's just going to hang out. That's all he's going to do, sit around. Amen, amen. Only thing he might ask you is, can he use the bathroom? But he would just sit there. And he will not touch anything. He will not do anything. He will not handle anything. But he will hang out. And you'll be proud to say, Jesus is at my house. But until you make him Lord, your life will never change. You will just have a really special guest in your house if you don't make him Lord. Will you stand with me today? Wherever you are today, I want you to do one thing for me before we dismiss. And that is, you can... You can sit at the feet of Jesus today if you would like to. Yes, Jesus is not physically here like he was back in Martha and Mary's days. He was not physically, he is not physically here today. But if you will do it, understanding that you're sitting at his feet. And you will understand that you're just at his feet. And he is over you. He's lording over you. He is rule over you. If you would do that, if you can't sit on the floor, I'm getting ready to sit down on the floor for you. If you can, not sit on the floor where you are. If you can't get on the floor, sit on your, a chair or something. But I want you to sit there and just for a moment, as we allow the Spirit of God to wash over us, that we will put ourselves in a place of Jesus being there and you're below him. You're, you're at his feet, allowing him to minister to you. So I want you to get on the floor wherever you are. And if you can't get on the floor, I understand, sit someplace and then begin to meditate on him and allow him to wash over you and begin to allow yourself to understand that he must be Lord of your life. Come on. I don't know about you, but I'm getting down because I'm I'm getting at Jesus. I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus today. I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus today. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I don't want him to just be a guest in my house. I don't want him to just visit. I know I received him to come in, but I I want him to take charge. I remember at the wedding that when his mom told him that they ran out of wine, she told them, listen to him and whatever he says, do. And that's when he made new wine for them. And I remember when he fed the 5,000 He just, he he, he took charge.
0: My God.
1: And if Jesus, you will give him the charge over your life today. He will show you that he can lead your life better than you ever can. And so we need today to just let him be Lord. Come on, Father. In the name of Jesus. I sit at your feet today. Asking you to be Lord in my life. To Lord and reign over my life. To command me however you please. For Lord, I know I can never, oh God, lead my life better than you ever can. I am so grateful and thankful that you have given us the opportunity to receive you. I'm so grateful and thankful, Lord God, that you would come and stand at our door, oh God. And give us this great privilege of you coming into our house. But Lord, we receive you into the house, but now we humble ourselves and get low. We go low, Almighty God, saying, Jesus, you are our Lord. Jesus, you are our ruler. Jesus, you are our king. We are your servant, Lord God. Yes, we know we are your children, but we are your servant, O great God. And oh, we humble ourselves at your feet today. And we say, rule and reign, Lord, over our life, and do whatever you want, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah,
2: hallelujah, hallelujah. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Oh, God, we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. We stand at your feet today, Lord God. We stand at your feet today, Lord, as we say, Jesus, be Lord of our life. Lord, reign over our life. Lord, command us as you will. Lord, give us, oh God, instructions that we may follow, for you are the king. You are the Lord. You are the rule of my life. And Lord, I want you to do as you please.
1: I will you Lord God, somebody shout out today to the Lord and yeah. tell him you will obey him, and tell him he's your Lord, he is your
2: ruler, he is your king. Let him know to rule and to reign over your life, and you trust him with everything. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh yes! You sit in the seat, you get delivered. You sit at His feet. You get saved. You sit at His feet. You are healed. You sit at His feet. You are restored. Sit at His feet today, somebody, and make Him ruler and make Him Lord and make Him king in your life. Don't just have Him as a guest, but have Him as king. Have Him as Lord and ruler and let Him reign over your life. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
1: Lord, we want you to rule and reign in our life. We want you to rule and reign in our life because you are our Lord. You are our Lord. You are our Lord. Reign, oh God, over our life. Rule, oh mighty God, over our life, oh mighty God. Oh, for we bless your name. We give you honor and praise today. We're so grateful. We're so grateful, oh mighty God. What a great privilege to sit at your feet. We're so grateful today, Lord God, to be at your feet, Lord God, to worship you and to give you honor and to give you praise. Lord, we will not withhold anything from you, Lord God. We give you our heart. We give you our mind. We give you our soul. We give you everything, Lord God, that we can give. We will not withhold anything from you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we want a spirit like Abraham, when he, when God, came to the place, Almighty oh God, of not withholding his one and only Son from you, Lord God. We want to be at a place as such, Lord, where we will, oh God, offer our life, everything within us to you, and not withhold anything, Lord. Oh, great is the Lord, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Somebody give your life to the Lord to the Lord today. Somebody can give your life to the Lord today. If you've never been baptized, Jesus is commanding that if he is your Lord, if he is your Lord, he's commanding you today to repent of your sins and to be baptized. Somebody hear me today. I can come and baptize you or I can take you to a tank to baptize you in his name. You let me know if he's your Lord, obey him today. Obey his voice today if he is your Lord, for he wants to change your life. He wants to help you to be holy. He wants to help you to be righteous. He wants to help you to be successful and be blessed. Oh, God, we thank you today. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord
2: Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you the honor the praise. It's such a privilege to be at your feet. It's such a privilege, oh mighty God, to
1: sit at your feet. Oh hallelujah.
2: <laughs> hallelujah. 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 Oh my Savior. Oh my Lord and my king. I worship you. 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 I
1: worship you. I worship you. I
2: worship you. Blessed be your. I worship you, on great, great king. I the of Maha. Oh, the you Oh, the Oh, the name of the Lord. Oh, I worship. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. My soul says yes. My soul says yes. Ah. ah! My soul says yes. My soul says yes. Oh, yes, yes to Your will, yes to Your ways, yes, yes to Your commands, Lord God. Command us today, Lord. Speak to us today, Lord. Command us today. Oh, hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless the Lord of oh, my soul. Bless the Lord of oh, my soul. Bless the Lord of oh, my soul. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be thing. Blessed be, thing, blessed be thing. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord.
1: Blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Church, I pray that the word of the Lord challenge you today. I pray that the word of the Lord will help you today. I'm sure if we obey it, it will help us. I love you. I appreciate you. Again, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. We pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon and that the blessings of God will just rest upon you and that you will enjoy this day, this special day. Amen. We thank God for his word today. Thank God for all that he has done, all he's doing. Appreciate Brother Scarlett, Brother Josiah and Brother Ethan Scarlett. Appreciate them this morning, worshiping the Lord in music. Amen. Have a great day, church. We love you and appreciate you. God bless you. Have a great day.